Welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. It is fantastic to have you on board listening. Over the last uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've been um, very, very excited to uh, understand more about my next guest and actually been connected through a great friend. If you listen to probably about 30 episodes back to Julia Merrow, the fantastic, uh, talented uh, hospitality professional in Queensland. Um, Jordan Urkel D. Is that right, Jordan? Al Kurdi. Al Kurdi. Now you got to say it properly in Arabic. Al Kurdi. <laughs> Mate, you do it better than me. I'm so bad at doing surnames at the moment. It's not even funny. He is the technical director <laughs> of East Coast Espresso, which is uh, repairing all things around coffee machines. And also, the most important thing I want to talk about today, which is Mercury Neuro, Neuro which I saw in person yesterday. Yes. Jordan, it's fantastic to have you on the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. Well, no, thank you for having me. Um, people, uh, as my friends always tell me, don't put a microphone in front of Jordan because <laughs> he just tends to just steal the show. So um, I won't. I promise I won't steal. After this, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Open Pantry, <laughs> brought to you by Jordan. <laughs> Wait, I, I said to you before the episode, and I was actually worried about um, last week when we spoke randomly for like an hour and a half, I think, that we're, we're going to struggle yeah. to keep this podcast under under 45 minutes to an hour. So we'll see. We'll see how we go. I'm sure we can do it, you know? Post-production. That's what it's all about. <laughs> so, mate, let's, um, let's talk about how you started out in your hospitality career, because I know you are so talented in so many different fields. And obviously... Well, so first, so. thank you for the accolades. They're just right. wonderful. Um, yeah. So uh, I've got two careers, um, you know, only because I loved working two jobs. I always liked keeping my hands busy, loved, you know, keeping myself occupied and binge, binge watching TV was really important. That's how I <laughs> love binge watching TV shows and so Netflix was a big deal. Anyhow, um, so I started hospitality um, when I was quite young, 15 years old. Uh, families had, you know, um, res- uh, cafes and, and pizza shops and mm-hmm. Um, fish and chip shop. So I started obviously when I was 15 years old, um, churning out pizzas and as a dishy. And then I used the industry to put me through uni mm-hmm. and then also give me some extra income when, uh, when I was working in the engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent about 15 years, I reckon I've been up and up, even up and up, uh, even opened up a, uh, a place in Brisbane. So that was, that was good fun. Really, really educational. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about, uh, cash flow management during that business. Yeah. Um, what was and that then, business, Jordan? Uh, pizza restaurant. Oh, cool. A pizza restaurant. So it was, um, it was, yeah, it was really, I don't know. It was just, because the pizzas I had in, in, in Brisbane, no disrespect, actually Julian Julian's pizzas were amazing. Yes. Um, when when he had them, but yeah, so I, it was a it was a pizza cafe. Um, you know, it was really cool. Like I, I learned how to because I opened it up from scratch, so that mm-hmm. was another another yeah, big right. educational um, thing that I did. But uh, yeah, I spent about fifteen years, I reckon, in hospitality. Mm-hmm. Um, around chefing and, and, uh, you know, front, front of house as well. So I did a lot of that. So it was good fun. Loved, love, you know, love this spirit and the energy mm. in, um, you know, cause it's almost like, you know, every industry at five, 6 PM, it dies out, you know, yeah. it like starts to wind down Friday. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, the hospitality industry, it's, it's alive all night. Yeah. It keeps going. Mm-hmm. Um, 
the funniest thing is when I started in the engineering side, like, cause I did uh, engineering about 2006, I started doing that. Mm-hmm. But when I, when I didn't work in hospitality, I didn't know what to do with myself on Saturday mornings and Friday nights. Cause you go, I should be working, but I'm not. It's just so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it took me two years to adjust. Yeah, I, I was like, I have to do something Friday nights. You know, you just, you got to <laughs> do something. Um, and then, uh, yeah, after that, I got into the design engineering, um, learning more about materials, how to manufacture different forms of manufacturing. Um, and yeah, basically, uh, spent about the next, since 2006, whatever that is, 14 years, um, doing mechanical design of like, uh, engineering components in energy mining, mm-hmm. um, what was the other one? Mining a rail. That was a big one. So scissor lifts, just real industrial stuff, real heavy yeah, stuff, wow. learning a lot about the hydraulic systems and electrical systems. And then I went back into the hospitality sector, but in terms of servicing, um, with my business partner, who's my brother-in-law, um, and we serviced uh, coffee machines and equipment for the hospitality industry. So it was really good to, to kind of come back into the industry, but from a servicing point of view, because I understood the struggles, whereas a lot, yeah. of, a lot of people don't really understand the urgency behind fixing a machine or- Yeah, um, what it does getting, when you don't have it. Yeah, what it does, yeah, exactly. And what, how important it is to always have it reliable. Mm-hmm. And we'll come back to that later. So um, yeah, so that's, uh, then I, yeah, basically back into this, servicing side of the into the industry yeah what made you what made you guys want to want to start a coffee machine servicing brand um you know what it was very coincidental um my brother-in-law started uh he did aircraft maintenance engineering Mm -hmm. so uh he working in that industry he did about a year he did his course and then he did about a year as apprenticeship and then what happened is everything started going offshore and it became really hard. So we had family in Queensland, family friends that had a business and he went into it, um, learning how to, you know, to repair and fix coffee machines. Mm-hmm. And then at work, for some reason, <laughs> my engineering on the other side of the page, meanwhile, um, every time somebody wanted a coffee, they'd come and ask me and I'll be like, well, I don't get it. I just, I just, it's a say echo. It's easy. Just press the button. They're like, no, but you make it better. I'm like, I don't know. I make it better. But the key was I actually used to put the milk first because that yes. is the domestic machines. If you, oh, if you froth the milk first yes. and then drop the coffee, it tastes yes. so much better. Yes. And so, um, yeah, I've got the reputation of the coffee guy. Um, well, mate, the uh, coffee you made me yesterday was exceptional. It's, it's got to be the best coffee I've had in years. So. Oh my <laughs> God. That's a big compliment. That's a big, <laughs> You're, well, I was very impressed. So there, must, there must be something about the Jordan a, touch, I think. Give me a moment. I gotta, anyway, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, so let, yes. let's, let's talk about, I, when I went for a walk this morning, I actually went past a, uh, a pest control vehicle, right? And that made me think about, weirdly made me think about the trickle-down effect of how hospitality is, uh, serv- brands that service the hospitality industry would also be in trouble right now. You know, it's not just, it's not just people who work in the venues. It's not just the, the direct supply chain, like fruit and veg and, and meat mm. suppliers. It's, it's the pest control. It's, you know, the guys like you who are servicing equipment, it's um, the window cleaners, like all the, all these people, like from There's a, a whole bit of yeah, service yeah, industry. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So like from a service component, like 
Michael will lump it. Like you rely, your business relies on, unfortunately, things breaking down for people. <laughs> like how well, that and preventative maintenance and preventative yeah. maintenance, right? Yeah. So, like, mm. how since March, like, how has your business had to change and or evolve during this time? Because obviously, you've got places which might have shut down with your clients, or mm. or definitely mm. changes in in um, in volume components. So. The best way I can describe it is, do you know that game where the guy's sitting on top of the big, they're like when you go to a carnival and you've got mm-hmm. a guy sitting on top of the big water tub and then people yes. are aiming at it. Yes. Yeah, COVID-19 hit it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was uh, it was a real, like at the start, it just died. And I'm like, oh, mm. okay, we've, what's going on here? Like yeah. uh, if it wasn't for the government stimulus packages and, 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 and embracing that, um, a real quick reshuffle in, in what we were doing. Mm. The best thing about it is the most challenging thing was that two weeks or three or four weeks prior, we had just hired a national sales manager mm-hmm. or a thing. So, but it was good because he got to come in and still be protected under, under the, the, the scheme that, um, yeah, because the government's time. the incentive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The government's incentive. So it was mm-hmm. really good for that, for that, for him. Um, but it was just, wow you know like Hmm. um but yeah it's it's i'll tell you what it's really really confronting because um it's really sad to see what's happening a lot of businesses are like closing we've done a lot of uninstalls at one stage we're uninstalling a lot of machines for the roasters Mm -hmm. um and obviously the city has died down but then after a while it came back up a little bit and then it Mm. dropped and now it's kind of plateaued around you know, 30, 40% of what it was before. Mm. So we've had to find other avenues of, um, of, of making money, but ultimately the actual industry itself is, um, is struggling to understand what's happening. Yeah. Right. How to react a lot. A lot of these cafe owners, you know, obviously all of them haven't experienced something like this before, so they don't know what to do. Um, and as such, they just close their doors or, you know, they reduce their staff and, you know, they do what they can. Um, there has been a dynamic shift towards away from the CBD towards the suburban areas. Mm, so those yeah. cafes are actually doing really well. Yeah. Um, the coffee, uh, we had a huge influx in domestic machinery. Um, mm-hmm. People coming in, bringing their domestic machinery to, to service and repair. Mm. So that was good. So we got to, we got to do that. Um, you know, that kept us, a, you know, brought in some money. Yes. But it was just, it was still good. Like the thing for me is, the key is to open the doors, keep the doors mm-hmm. open, do what you can. And you know, that was, that was really important. The other thing is uh, a lot of domestic sales on coffee went, went up as well. So actual yeah. bags of coffee because people were making coffee at home. Yeah, of course. So we, we saw a shift. Obviously the shift is disproportionate in the sense mm-hmm. that, you know, the hundreds of hundred kilo cafes in, uh, in the city, you know, went to, to the domestic side, but uh, so mm-hmm. sorry, the suburban side, but mm-hmm. you know, they didn't pick up, they didn't double or triple. They just, they went up, you know, they, they went up considerably. So that's how we've seen, um, seen the industry change. Mm. Mm, let's, t- let's talk about, um, I mean, a product that I saw yesterday that I've been really excited about um, the la- for the last week since we, you know, we sp- first spoke about it. Actually, a couple of weeks ago when I spoke to Julian Mero about it and he was excited about it, which brought it on to me, which is really cool. Um, and I just love the fact that you're um, such a great engineer, Jordan. Um, Mercury Neuro, just talk about talk about this as a product because the 20 or so years I've been in the industry, 
um, coffee machines have not really changed very much um, by way of look and feel and that kind of stuff. Like there's obviously mm. been programmatic changes across the board and that kind of thing, but, but nothing's really looked as different as what I saw yesterday. So do you want to explain sort of how Mercury came about and, and what it actually is? Well, where do we start? It's such a huge topic. Like this answer mm-hmm. is going to take about three or four hours. So can we make yep. this a full part series? <laughs> um, <Sure. laughs> no, because I'll tell you, let, let me just refine it quickly. Right. Mm-hmm. So essentially there's two tiers that we work on mm-hmm. uh, and why the machine is different. Mm-hmm. But before we, we talk about why the machine is different, um, I want to say why we did it. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of things. One is, we got into the servicing industry. I love to be, I love to invent and create stuff. So when mm. we first started the business, our intention was to learn more. My intention coming into the business was to learn more about the problems in the industry and seeing how we can solve them. Mm-hmm. And um, so I used to go out and do servicing installs, uninstalls, you know, whatever repair work that was needed and also manage the business while my brother-in-law did a lot of the tech work as well. So in that, um, when you keep an open mind with a problem solving kind of um, attitude, mm. you just start seeing so many things. And one of the things that I saw was simple, simple things. Mm-hmm. So a coffee machine has got two steam lines, one on the left, one on the right. And yep. the reason they do that is so that you can have versatility in where you install it. Mm-hmm. But it's a fake. It's not really effective because what happens is one steam wand is not enough. You've got six mm-hmm. shots being made, but one steam on making coffee. What was yes. the, sorry, frothing milk. So yes. that's always the bottleneck. So that was the first thing that I saw. I was like, okay, you know, that, that's, that's a problem. Um, and then I started to realize that, you know, most of the coffee machines have essentially the same makeup. And, um, you know, in 2015, uh, a couple more machines started coming out on the market, but they were cosmetically different, but internally they were the same. Yeah. And I thought to myself, I don't think, I, I don't think that would they don't, know, they don't know what else to introduce. So I looked at it from an engineering perspective and then gimmicks started coming out. No disrespect to the engineers. Like I, mm. I love what they do. And I think it's important to have an aesthetic um, appealing machine. Mm. But when you focus more on the aesthetics than you do on the functionality, mm. um, it means that you're not in touch with the industry. Yeah. And that was a huge thing. So being part of East Coast Espresso put me really in touch with the end user, yeah. learning about what they do. Like every single week, if not every single second day or every single day mm. um you know i mean me and my brother-in-law sam would would talk about what else to introduce yeah so the first year we developed the functional spec and then we put it together but i'll come to that in a moment but the other mm-hmm. the reason the second reason i wanted to introduce a coffee machine into the market is because i actually wrote my thesis on coffee machine control system but yes. um that's how much of a coffee <laughs> you certainly do love coffee yeah. <laughs> um I'm at seven a day, but anyway, (laughs) how do you think I get the energy? That's true. So, um, so we saw that, you know, hundred percent of our beans, almost hundred percent of our beans are imported. Yes. All our coffee machines are imported. All our roasters are imported. Mm. So when, when I was doing coffee in China, so, you know, we took over a couple of things in China, um, because we got a good connection with our, we have an office there for a quality assurance for some of the parts that we make. Yep. So when I went over, they're talking to me. I learned, uh, I did a, like a presentation for mm-hmm. the coffee industry there wow. um, about, you know, coffee in Australia and stuff. And they said, 
So what is so unique about Australian coffee? And I thought, if I had to explain to them that our diligence is what makes our coffee mm. and, you know, our end users are really, really, um, they, they're very pedantic about the coffee that they drink. Yes. Right. It was hard to explain that. So mm -hmm. I was like, so we're pedantic <laughs> and we roast it. Yeah. And they thought they actually, one of them actually said, so, so you don't make any beans. I'm like, no, but you know, we roast it. Mm. And it was kind of hard to explain that it's the roasting process and, and the brewing process and the coffee yep. making process. That's really makes us diligent. Yes. Um, they've got some of the most remarkable latte artists there, by the way, they just yeah. have absolutely a really, really fine tune that, that art. It's amazing. Um, and so I thought to myself, you know what, we've got a lot more to offer than just brewing being great brewers of coffee and mm -hmm. great roasters of coffee. Mm -hmm. We have got an industry of engineers um, that's actually remarkable and we don't like to brag about it. Mm. So I don't know if you know this, but you know, the mining industry is full of technology that was developed by Australia yeah. and Australian. Mm -hmm. And you know, you've got million dollar mining machines where two people are just driving and underneath all these gizmos are running or looking around, looking for iron and whatever. Like it's just exploration has become a huge thing. Yeah. And then we've got huge, um, you know, huge investments into, you know, getting the, getting the minerals out of the ground. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's a lot of engineering there. Then there's, you know, obviously our, um, our manufacturing facilities actually closed down, but there's still a lot of um, technicians there that are capable of, of, of working a machine to make, to make parts. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought to myself, that's, that's, that's a calling. Mm -hmm. you've, you've got to do something with that. Um, mm -hmm. It was really sad because in 2011 to 2015, I saw a lot of, a lot of the engineering um, equipment go for sale on Gray's online. And yeah. that was really sad. You know, yeah. it was really sad seeing business after business being shut down and watching the decline of the engineering industry. Um, and so I took it upon myself to take the responsibility and say, you know what, I'm going to do what I can. Mm -hmm. I'm going to introduce a, a machine and, you know, we'll work on it. So that was the reason why we did it. But the first machine we designed was not a problem solver so in what way we did well we, we designed it underneath the bench right oh, and it okay. came up mm -hmm. and it looked cool mm -hmm. and then i was like oh we need somewhere to put the cups right so mm -hmm. then i made a rack mm -hmm. and i spent probably a good three four hundred hours on the design mm -hmm. and then i looked at it and i go i can't do this mm. it doesn't solve a problem mm -hmm. right you need to solve a problem in mm -hmm. engineers you can't just go re redesign or re-engineer the wheel mm -hmm. if it doesn't solve a problem like mm -hmm. re-engineering means like yeah you're making the wheel but you're making it out of carbon fiber yes yeah yeah so you're making it better lighter mm -hmm. you're doing something better with it whereas with uh with this coffee machine i was like no not solving problems so i scrapped it completely and then i started looking for further and further solutions and then that's where we got to the current design and mm. it was something it was model number 21 but it was design lump 1000 or something. I don't know how many designs I went through. Um, can I just can I stop you there for a yeah. Jordan? Do, do you think, do you think people outside of design engineering, etc., understand the amount of hours, the amount of times you go back to the drawing board, the amount of prototypes, all those kind of things that, and that engineers go through to make a product actually come to market. No, I, honestly, <laughs> no, I'll tell you why. <laughs> Because 
when um when i speak to some roasters they actually don't understand that when they start seeing some of the videos that i put out and mm. some of the media that i put out about us designing it people mm. go oh wow mm-hmm. is that how many times like it i think i did one recently about um how many um how many catalogs i went through just for the electrical connectors yeah i had to sift through um i think it was about three and a half weeks of online and you know, catalogs, I'm talking maybe 10,000, 10,000 pages mm. and it's over 2 million connectors that you can go through. This is just for the but connectors. And you know, mm. and you know, what's funny. I didn't end up using those connectors. <laughs> I had to find an alternate method of con- uh, connection. So I didn't even end up using that, that system. I used yeah. the other systems. Wow. The hydraulic connectors, you got to go through so many, like there's a lot of detail involved mm-hmm. and, um, but I'll tell you what, you people go, how did you do it? And the thing is, I was so in love with what I did mm-hmm. that I totally didn't even know the hours. Like I would start yeah, at 2 a.m. Right. Mm-hmm. I would start at 2 a.m. Mm-hmm. and work till about three or four and mm-hmm. be really, really tired and angry. And I'm like, what is, I really like missed lunch, breakfast. <laughs> it was dinner time. <laughs> I hadn't drank all day. I got heart murmurs. I'm like, yeah. I've had like seven coffees and no, and no water. So then the I have to start taking... Yeah. You're just so in the zone. Mm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, there's, there's a, and the thing is you can't expect them to understand it because what they see is the end result. Sure. Mm. So uh, in order to describe it, it takes, it takes a, uh, you have to look at every bolt and go, that bolt was selected. Mm. You know, you have to look at every connector. You have to, that, that connector was selected, that frame, mm-hmm. that shape, that, that dimension was, was selected. And, so there's literally tens of thousands of decisions that have to be made. Mm-hmm. The beauty about it is I also love doing the control system because mm-hmm. I did the design, the manufacturing, I did the prototyping, I did the control system. Um, I even designed the buttons on the, yeah. the PLC. Every you know buttons I went through, oh my <laughs> God, buttons, designing buttons. I was sitting there one night at like 12 o'clock at night and I was like drawing sketches and using... Um, a, a program called Inkspace to to design the buttons, and I was like, "What am I doing? Can't I somebody else to do this?" But no, you just need to have that because it's the first it's the first model, so you want to make mm. sure that every aspect of it has been taken care of and thought about. Mm. And so, yeah, but the real key to this machine is its its vantage point, which is its difference. Yeah. And there's two differences. There's the functional difference, which is the fact that it's a modular system. So in other words, you want to buy steam, you, you want to buy a steam unit, you just buy the steam unit. Yep. You want to buy a brew system, you just buy the brew system. Mm. And that gets so much advantage mm. just in terms of workflow, having two steamers in one place. Um, that's not even to include the fact that because we developed the, the steamer, we didn't want to have, we wanted, it, we wanted it specifically for steam, not steam and hot water, because you mm. actually, again, you're, you're not designing a modular, you're, you're incorporating another system that you want to introduce, which you shouldn't. Yes. So when we designed the steamer, we went vertical instead of horizontal. Mm-hmm. And the advantages that gave was just phenomenal. Like when you drink the coffee, um, I don't know if you know this, but in our local area, uh, people come in and we've got the best chai lattes. Right. Because the, mil- the milk is so, so frothy and beautiful. It's just like, oh, wow. And so every... <laughs> Every day I get these people at about five o'clock. There's about five or six of them. They play footy across the road. Then they come in, they go, oh yeah, can we get some chai lattes? And I'm like, yeah, no worries. Cool. 
So, so they come in getting dry oh, right. So um, they, they love it. And so that's another huge, um, huge vantage point. So our coffee machine, uh, uh, sorry, our steamer has just less water, less mm-hmm. power, but more mm-hmm. steam. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens when you design for purpose. Yes. You see? So when you design for purpose, you get that advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, an advantage you don't know about. Uh, I remember showing one latte artist. He freaked out. I had somebody from a very big chain. I can't say who the chain is. Yes. I can't say it was McDonald's, but he came in. <laughs> and <laughs> he goes, he looks at it. He looks at the coffee and he made it down and he's talking to me. Oh, this is the prize. Like we're, we're not, we're trying to get into the detail and you know, with sure. large franchises like that, it takes 7,000 years to get into anything in there. So it's yes. always important to have the dialogue early on. Mm. So he looks at it and then he looks down at the coffee and I go, by the way, sorry, I go, I cut him off. I go, sorry, can you look at the coffee now? It was 20 minutes later <laughs> and he goes, holy, f-. and he, he swore. And I was like, yes, I was like, that's, that's a good thing. Yes. Right? He goes, oh yes. wow, that's really, really stable. Yes. Um, and that was, a, that was like, honestly, like there were small things that keep you going mm-hmm. when you're when you when you're trying to design and they're the small things that keep you going like those little compliments that yeah those little moments right mm-hmm. oh, they're just mm-hmm. absolutely amazing mm-hmm. so um so uh to talk about the coffee machine yes the coffee machine has so many vantage points the first things we looked at is it's all based on calculations so in a calculation you first look at uh, water and you have to understand water itself. Water is actually um, one of the uh, the best energy storage solutions mm-hmm. because it takes 4,000 joules to heat it up by one degree. 4,000, 4.1, four joules to heat it up by one degree. I forgot the number. Anyway, steel and most other products are like one fifth of that. So when wow. you heat up water, it's harder to heat up water because it has hydrogen bonds. Yes. Right. And then when you're cooling down water, it cools down a lot slower because again, it's just a strong holder of things. So uh, that being learnt and known, we designed a control system to be to try to have as much thermal stability, excuse me, as much thermal stability as possible, mm-hmm. because thermal stability is really important. And then we incorporated things like that are standard now, like uh, pre-brew, um, external external. Um, pumps you know to get a lot more uh flexibility and mm-hmm. to keep the machine quiet give you more room mm-hmm. um and then uh because it's a multi it's a multi-boiler system yes. but the hot water in the system is a dedicated hot water boiler so you actually can dial in the temperature mm-hmm. so again another advantage of going modular yeah um the unit only takes up 25 amps again advantages of going modular mm-hmm. um but you know the 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 thing we looked at the next was the control system, yeah. And people take the control system f- for granted because they think it's just a button you press it, see you later. Yeah. But we wanted to do more. We wanted to enable the Brista without taking them away. Mm-hmm. So we introduced things like uh, busy mode auto flush, um, and we chose industrial components for commercial machines. Do you know how many times we went out? And we had to replace a whole computer board because a $12 part on that computer board failed. And yeah. the computer boards are like seven, 800 bucks or 1500 bucks. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. And I feel, because yeah. I feel for the cafe owners, whether they're a large franchise or not, there's a lot of expenses, mm-hmm. right? And if you're going to just go out there and charge 
and not care about what they do, then, you know, that's not a long-term goal for me. That's not a long-term strategy. So we designed the control system to have modular components on the inside as well. So if something goes, there's most likely, a, you know, replacement of an $80, $90 part. Mm-hmm. We kept it as much as we can load. And then the touch screens themselves, they're all industrial. Um, so, you know, you can have as wet hands as you want. You can touch them yep. and they'll still work perfectly. Yep. Um, but the busy mode I loved because busy mode was introduced halfway through a conversation with one of like the guys. So we have, we employ barista and train them up as technicians. <laughs> and, um, and when we have these sessions, right, we have these discussion sessions, sessions about machinery and stuff. One guy goes, Hey, how cool would it be to like set it to busy, like set it into a two or single shot. And you just like, you don't have to press a button. And I looked at him and I go done. So I went to the computer <laughs> I went to the computer, uploaded the, the, the programming, introduced the, like, it was, a, it was a crappy little button, but, you know, it did the job. And then we uploaded it onto the, the, the prototype we had at the time. And we started making shots out of it. And it was like, hey, how cool is this? You know, <laughs> look. Um, so it was like magic. Um, yeah, so we, we, uh, we, we do things like that all the time. So we have lots of discussions with the team to find out what else can we do better? What else is there a problem in the industry? And... You know what? When I made, uh, when the pre-production model was finished and we put it up on the bench mm. to start serving coffee, I made the first two kilos of coffee through it just by myself. Mm. And there was a very, very important connection that I felt with the coffee machine. Now people go, oh my God, how corny is that? <laughs> and it's true, it is corny. But in reality, what you want from a machine is a response. When you mm-hmm. ask it a question, you want to know. Sure. Like when you accelerate in a vehicle, mm. um, some vehicles respond accordingly. When yes. you actually, when you take off your, sh- like, not that you think, of, when you're wearing thin soled shoes yes. and you're driving a car, you feel you a can lot feel it, the, car the vibration. Because yep. you're, yeah, mm-hmm. you can feel it. That's right. Yeah. So with the coffee machine, there are certain parameters that we've put on there and certain bits of information that give you that kind of talk to you like the average of the last 25 shots mm-hmm. so if you press single shot it'll tell you the average and you go oh my average is a bit low i better check the grind mm-hmm. you know stuff like that mm-hmm. and then we haven't given too much information because sometimes it just clouds what you're trying to do mm-hmm. so we've given that and then um like the last 300 shots mm-hmm. so that you know how your barista's doing mm. um yeah just stuff like that so we've really thought about it to a very very deep uh, level and we have tried to simplify it as much as mm-hmm. possible mm-hmm. and it, it's obviously reflected in the machine yeah but the most important thing was it had to look good because you yeah. don't want a machine Sexy as hell. yeah, <laughs> yeah well, mm. you don't want a machine sitting up there that's um that looks doesn't ugly. invite customers <laughs> so yeah. so indeed I, it's very inviting the thing i the thing i like about it the most after seeing it you know yesterday um for an hour or so is is the fact that kind of it kind of feels like you've done to coffee machines what is happening to mobile phones and let me let me explain it this way is the fact that the fact <laughs> don't get too it's excited just, oh my god go so it's, it's, it. it's kind of it's kind of like you've taken really really smart engineering done it simply but but really really intelligently right but then you've used tech in order to do updates to it. So I can imagine someone buying this machine 
probably probably you know doing doing pm servicing on it because that's the smart thing to do but probably mm. not doing every six months maybe doing every 12 or 18 and you guys having the ability to do constant updates as things get better with with mm. um, mn to make sure that people are delivering on a better quality experience all the time as you guys learn more, as you get more feedback, as this goes in the market. Absolutely. Yeah. Do, you, do you think yes. that's the way that it's going to go? Because like hospitality tech has been BS for oh, as long as it's been God. invented because it's just so built on infrastructure changes, not on software upgrades. So, like, so right. You are hundred percent right. Like the technology that comes out, if it's not gimmicky, it's, yes. it, it has to be relatable. Yeah. Right. It has, I drew on my experience in the hospitality industry. I draw on experience of baristas. I hire baristas. I draw on experience of technicians. Mm. Um, if you compare our machine to work on, for instance, if there's a repair that has to be done, it's so much easier. Mm. Every single component has been thought of how I can remove this in the, in the field. Yes. Um, just, just stuff like that. But the, you're certainly hundred percent right. Um, you got to introduce technology in the right way. Yeah. Um, we could have, we could have, if we wanted to made this thing like super technologically advanced mm. where, um, it would have, you would have had no connection with the, with the barista. Yeah. Yeah. But the reality is that the industry is not ready for that sort of change. Mm. The industry needs a coffee machine with small changes and mm. we can make those changes with the software updates. Mm -hmm. um, eventually we'll get to a point like, for instance, not everyone has a connection to Wi-Fi. Yes. I mean, yeah, that's true. You know, some people, some people do, some people don't. Mm. So I was like, I can't put that in yet. Mm. It's, we're not ready for that. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, say even like, even if there's like seven or 10% or 15% of people that don't have Wi-Fi or whatever, that's mm. still a considerable thing for me. That means they're not fully up to date yet. So mm. the industry mm -hmm. hasn't caught up. Um, and also I didn't want to introduce any further costs mm. into the bit, into the, into the, into the business. I wanted a model that's existing now mm -hmm. and you know, you further, uh, you just make it better, that system better and then introduce it later. Mm. Once they understand how the system works, then you can start introducing things like, um, you know, preventative maintenance that is scheduled and then you can introduce call centers when there's a breakdown. Yeah. Like imagine being up, imagine getting a phone call saying, you know, Hey, your flow meter is not working really well. Do you want us to mm. send out a tech? You know what I mean? Like before you even know yes. people aren't ready for that. Mm. Like, no, you're just trying to take money from me. No, no, yeah. no, no, calm down. <laughs> you know, they're not ready for that. Yeah. So, um, so there's no point engineering that now, but mm. it's definitely on, on the cards and it is as simple as a five to 10 minute software update that, um, that we can send our technicians to do or send out a card or whatever. There's a few, few options for it, but in the future, I would love to see that. I would love to see, you know, um, cafe owners embrace that sort of technology. Mm. And the thing is, I feel like because I have a lot of, a bit, because I've had that really strong history in hospitality, mm. um, I want to make those changes, but I have to do it in the right way. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can't just right. go in and say, yeah, mm. that's right. Yeah. You can't just go here. Here you go. This is, this is the change, accept it or not. You, you can't do that. You can't. Mm. Um, the other, yeah. The other thing is like, there's been a lot of technology that comes out of, um, uh, in from international like suppliers. Yes. The problem is hasn't been relative. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree. Different coffee markets around the world. Right. Yeah. They're um, very different. Yeah. 
The other thing, I, the other thing, I, is smart is obviously we talked about how the steam ones, you know, are separate, right? In a, mm. in another in another contained unit, which I think is like might not have been necessary. Let's say when we started our careers, right? Because my, like coffee in the nineteen nineties and early two thousands was a freaking cappuccino latte, one milk, right? That's it. Now everyone seems to have a tolerant intolerance, right? So you've got <laughs> you've got you've got plain milk, you've got skinny milk, you've got lactose free milk, you've got oat milk, you've got soy milk, you've got almond milk and different variations of those. So that's where I really like like when I when I took D there yesterday to to have a look at this machine with me and she done coffee as well is to t- is to just think about that workflow and think about the the power of having two people just doing all these different milks that you know some cafes need to provide now um, mm. on two ones separated from the actual person doing the doing the shots like it just such just a freaking huge makes advantage. sense Jordan it's you know? such a huge advantage and when we when we implemented these systems into um, into cafes they were like um, we can't produce enough shots. <laughs> mm, yeah. I was like, that is the first time. That's a compliment. Thank you. That's it. That yes. means we've done what we wanted. We needed to do. Mm. Um, I like, I, I want to introduce to the cafes, the concept of a, a steam hub, a steam station, like a milk frothing station nice. and a brewing station. They don't mm-hmm. need to be together. There's actually no need other than transport for them to be together. Yeah. Once you open up a steam tap in many other cafes that are horizontal boiler, sorry, in any other coffee machines, mm. you start, you, you see a spitting out of water. Like mm. it spits out water mm-hmm. and that's, that's, that's because of the horizontal boiler in our machine. You don't get that. And it only runs on, yeah, mm. it's vertical. So it only mm. runs on 13 amps as well. So again, you're optimizing, you're optimizing the steam ma- making process and you're getting so much more out of it. Mm-hmm. Like I can't, if every time I talk, every time I talk about it, there's a new advantage that I forget about. Yes. <laughs> so um, it's just, yeah, it's a real, it's a, it's a huge change. Modular, uh, the, the concept of modular is truly something that I would like to take the market on mm. because there's no need for the steam to be with the coffee machine at all. In fact, yep. you know, having it on there impedes the functionality of the machine. Yes. Once you realize, once you realize how the vertical steamer works, you go, Oh, I don't want to use the steam taps on my coffee machine. I'll just use mm. the brute, you know, just mm. stuff like that. Mm. It um yeah, yeah it's, it challenges the shots so I think that's the um I think that's uh, really really important um mm. let's I'm glad we geeked out for a bit about the machine there that was really cool um what let's talk about cafes because I want to understand from a service perspective you guys have will have different conversations than anyone else in the industry with hospitality owners cafe owners like mm. what what do you think what cafes do you think are going to rebound post this crisis, Jordan? Like, do you, do you think it's going to be a locality thing? Do you think it's going to be a brand thing? Like, what's your, what's your gut feel from what you're hearing on the ground? Um, this is a good, that's a really good question because mm. um, it involves a little bit of thinking. Mm. So one of, the, one of the key things that we've seen is that a lot of people close down and mm. then they reopened after they realized what was going on. And they said, okay, yes. we can reopen and do takeaway, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we've seen is the people that are using the government incentives are using it as, event, uh, as a, a huge advantage point. Yes. One is some of them going, well, if our costs are covered 
and I reshuffle my staff to use them for the equivalent of what they're earning, yes. then essentially I can keep my doors open mm. and the staff are paid for. So if mm. the staff are paid for um, and I just want to keep my doors open because the key is to keep your doors open. The people yes. that kept their doors open uh, are the ones that are, are going to come out of this a lot stronger because Correct. they kept their, they kept their people. Right. They're not, and they're not but, confusing their customer. That's right. Yeah. The, mm. not, you know, and I'll come back to that because the confusing mm. the customer, there's a small thing that people didn't realize they're doing. Mm. Um, but we'll come back to that. But uh, so what, what, what they're doing is they're actually going, well, if I reduce my prices, mm. then I can get more people into the door. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, if I go on Uber or like on a delivery service, delivery mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, a delivery platform, all of a sudden that becomes, so they're increasing their accessibility. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, I don't know how many, I don't know. I've said, I use this example a lot. Increasing accessibility is one of the most important things in a mm-hmm. product. Mm-hmm. And Coca-Cola did it the best. Remember when Coke and Pepsi used to have competitions? Yes. Hundreds of millions of dollars were spent. Britney Spears, Michael Jackson, all it's the on, famous right? stars. Were, yeah, it was full on. Here's, and then they a, stopped. Here's a fun fact, Jordan. You, won't, you don't know yeah. this. So if it wasn't for Coke, I wouldn't be born because my parents actually met by, while working at Coke. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so, so I grew up, we used to get free Coke at my house. Oh, I, that's awesome. About, uh, 11 or 12. <laughs> On a weekly basis, the Coke man used to rock up with free Coke and banter and, awesome. and stuff like that. Well, I'll I've, tell you what, Coke nothing, repla- nothing replaces Coca-Cola in oh, my family totally after great. a barbecue. Yes. Like, yes. If, you, if you have a barbecue, like an Arab barbecue, yes. and you have Coca-Cola, if, you, if somebody brings water to the table, it's like, get out of the house now. <laughs> How dare you bring that insolent elixir into our house this is just not on this is party it time, has, to be, has to be coca-cola and coke. then yeah. has to be cut co- and if you try to bring any other film brand oh <laughs> believe me you're in trouble so sorry but coca-cola was yes. awesome because uh they stopped advertising mm-hmm. but they increased their accessibility so they put fridges mm. in all the cafes and they, they can get and mm-hmm. guess what they, they just killed the market like that. They absolutely yep. killed it. Yep. So they spent money on it. So increasing your accessibility by using delivery platforms. We've seen mm-hmm. that work a lot. Mm-hmm. But one thing I wanted to say is the cafes that remove the chairs and stuff um, out of the cafes completely and stored mm-hmm. them somewhere else. Because mm-hmm. what happens is a lot of cafes were still open, but they, because the chairs were stacked, Mm. you know in the windows they yes, thought that they were they closed. closed so mm-hmm. yeah so when you take them even if the lights are on they, they mm. take out the chairs and the thing is because there's a difference between hey we're close to dining mm-hmm. um by removing the chairs but we're close to dining but keeping the chairs there you don't want to confuse the customer like you nope. said before so mm-hmm. those customers that remove the chairs and tables like completely just mm. so that they're not even in the window so that they don't look like they're closed. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they, they came back because as people were driving past, they go, Oh, they're open. Mm. You know, the chairs and tables are removed. Mm. You gotta, you gotta make sure you turn the lights on. A lot of people didn't turn the lights on. And I was like, um, yeah, you need to turn the lights on. <laughs> um, I agree. But yeah, taking care of the government incentives, sorry, taking advantage of the government incentives. And again, don't look for the profit now this is a really bad time to look for profit. Like, yes, mm. try to make money, but mm. the, the key is to open your doors. And that has a huge, huge effect on the industry because then, you know, all the suppliers 
you know, get moving again as well. Yeah. Right? And mm -hmm. you're not, you're not basically channeling all the money going through to like the, the domestic side, you know what I mean? Like all the supermarkets 100%. and all that. Mm -hmm. So you're actually channeling money through the hospitality industry and that's mm. what's going to keep it going. Mm. But a lot of people are picking up on that now. Um, I remember the cafe down the road from my place. It closed for the first three or four weeks and then they go, why are we closed? I've been up, put the chairs, tables aside and thing. And they did really well. They did all right. Especially because yeah. they were under government incentives. It's a very, it's a very personal decision. So I don't want to, I don't want us to sit here and pontificate about, you know, different, different people's businesses, but it is, it is a yeah, challenge. Indeed. Like I don't like my favorite cafe down the road because um, um, that we've got to know really well the last couple of months because I'm working from home every day, um, mm. decided to close this last week because the numbers went up, right? The mm. numbers of coronavirus yeah. went up. And I'm like, respectful, but like, you're yeah. going to have to go to another cafe. If I get used to that cafe for a while, like, will I go back to the other one? Like, it's a That's, it's really a, it's interesting one, you know? Mm. It is, it really is. There are, there are, it's really important in this time to actually listen to what the government says yes. because the government doesn't that like as, as, as silly as this sounds, because a lot of people don't have faith in the government, but I do. Mm. Um, Likewise. The government doesn't make decisions just willy nilly, especially no. when it's now, right? Mm -hmm. They're using people that are educated in the field that have looked at research papers that understand it really well. Mm -hmm. um, and if they're saying wear masks, clean, wash your hands, that will, that's effective. It's a yes. very effective method. Keep mm -hmm. your distance. Very effective. So mm -hmm. if you are going to open up a cafe, stick to the rules, mm. stick to the rules and respect them and you'll be safe. Well, you should be safe. We shouldn't say you will be, you should yes. be safe. It, yeah. It's all about mitigating and reducing the risk. You're never going to eliminate the risk. You're just going to reduce it. But mm. I agree. I mean, ultimately you have to think about this long-term staying open is the key. Even if you turn your lights on, and throw the coffees at people. <laughs> Just stay open. Yes. Um, no, but the thing is, there there are measures in place. Like I don't know, go to a digital platform or something. Um, but the actual key is stay open. Yeah. And if you're too concerned and you really are scared about the you know the the, the virus, then by all means, don't, don't don't risk your mental health on it. So, um, mm. but yeah, staying open is key. It's a very important. I agree. Factor. So let's um let's work into our last question, Jordan, which I've been asking um you know so many people uh, the last couple of podcasts. Um, what are you looking forward to most post pandemic? Whether going to, uh, going going back to something or trying something new that you've realised during pandemic. I want to take the kids out. I feel bad for them. Um, <laughs> yeah. so I've got I got twin girls that are six. Oh and wow! A, a two and a half year old. Oh God! And the house, uh, you know, has become a, a playpen for them, and it's so yes. tough because yes. my daughter says, "Please, Bobo, can we go for a drive?" And I'm like, "Well," I said, "Sorry, sweetie, I'm sorry. You've got to stay here. We'll go for a walk later." And yeah, and it's really, really tough. As being a father, it's so tough um, not being able to take them out to the to, mm. to a big, big park because they want to go see their cousins as well. Yeah, and of course. They get really excited seeing their cousins. They, mm. they say their names all the time. <laughs> so that's a real, real tough one uh, because I really would love to take them out. They've made forts, which is really cool in the house now. <laughs> so they built a fort. Are you allowed now to go this, in there? <laughs> no, I, uh, no. In Maya's, I'm not. In Jess's, I'm allowed for now. So she banished me. <laughs> banished you. She banished oh, dear. me. Uh, um, 
And yeah, so they've had these forts for the last week and they and I, I didn't think they were going to sleep in the forts, but they slept in the forts and I thought it was awesome. So one night I, they were sleeping in the forts. I picked them up and I put them into the, and they woke up in the morning. So angry, Baba, how could you take me away from my fort? It was my fort. And I was like, Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, so I can't take away that away from them. So I, I know that's a real big struggle and a lot of families at the moment, yeah. um, you know, not being able to, to, to stretch their legs and go see family and loved ones. Mm. Um, I know that, you know, my mum is, uh, is also really struggling because she's so like 80 kids uh, in the family, mashallah. So there's a lot of, lot of, lot of people in the family and they need to, they need to, they need to see their kids and their grandkids. Yeah. So that's tough. Yeah. On a business level, I am really, really looking forward to seeing how the businesses change because yeah. that's it. You know, we have to mm-hmm. embrace this change and I'm looking forward to seeing the technology that comes out to mitigate these changes and to help with these changes. So I'm all about technology. That's what I'm Mate, looking forward to. I think we should, I think you should come back and we'll talk about technology further on. Cause I know we've already had some very interesting, some people would say weird conversations over the last week about tech and hospitality and farming and agriculture and stuff. So um, I think I need to get you back sometime soon uh, when you're Indeed, free. Absolutely. would love to. I'm um, all techie. All techie. Oh, I'm always free. <laughs> Um, Jordan, what's Come the best way that people can... ideas. <laughs> always good ideas, mate. Um, mm. what, what's the best way that people can find out about um, East Coast Espresso and especially Mercury Neuro? Well, our uh, the, there's the social media, there mm-hmm. is the website, and mm-hmm. there's au, which is obvious. Um, there's eastcoastespresso.com.au, but we also do have like a cafe, like a showroom when post pandemic that's open mm-hmm. um, people can still kind of see the machines uh, but we suggest everyone to stay at home as much as they can mm-hmm. um, as much as we'd love people to come in we have to wait until the lockdowns are over um, yeah. but yeah it's uh, definitely videos um, we're more than happy to show on video chat as well so we're embracing technology um, mm-hmm. we've all got Skype we've all got zoom Mm-hmm. Um, talking more about the technology as well, more than happy to do that. So they can get in contact with me or get in contact with um, uh, East Coast Espresso or Mercury Nero. And yeah, we can, we can sh- show the machines and what we're doing, discuss cool. more on tech. Awesome. Always great to discuss tech with you, my friend. Thanks so much, Jordan. Uh, I appreciate you. your time, man. No, thank you very much for having me and thank the listeners for, um, for listening to my I'm going to leave it there. (laughs) (laughs) I'll let them use their imagination. (laughs) See you, everyone. All right, mate.